0: This episode is sponsored by Cards Against Humanity. They asked us not to read an ad. Enjoy! It is the Chicago verse Podcast on the Dynasty Podcast Network, featuring interviews with Chicago's premier artists and industry, and creatives and culture leaders. Hosted by Haima Black. Welcome to Chicago. Hi, I'm a Black Dynasty podcast live from Virgin Hotel, and I am sitting here with Musa Reams. How are you doing, man? I'm doing good. How are you? Good. Thanks for your patience. Hey. We just <laughs> uh, Anybody watching the stream knows we just had to restart this. And, you know, technology, when you're doing live interviews, sometimes that's the cost of doing business. Yeah. Um, but thanks for being a good sport, and thank you for being here, No man. problem. I appreciate it. Yeah, and so I was just saying that... I found out about your music really recently. I visited Alex Fructor's class at Columbia College, Chicago. Alex Fructor, of course, people know him from closed sessions. Um, He also is an instructor at Columbia. And he also recently uh, just took control of Ruby Horn at a site that he used to run and manage. So anyway, Alex Fructor, very multi-talented guy. He's somebody I know from the music community and from teaching at Columbia as well. And when he brings me into a class and he says, hey, the students want to talk to you about an artist I'm always just like right on I'm in I trust Alex's judgment and the class was telling me about your music and we we're able to really turn this around really quickly and bring you on so so that's cool I'm glad we we're able to do this man
1: I'm super happy too this is great this is a great opportunity to be here and uh, I really appreciate just Absolutely. being in the studio
0: with you no man yeah for sure so we always start kind of like at the beginning mm-hmm. you know asking about like your creative journey like how did this start for you when did music enter your life how did you know that you were going to be an artist
1: i knew that i wanted to be an artist a little bit later on around 15 years old Mm -hmm. but in eighth grade i was on my eighth grade graduation trip in washington dc and during that time i I was on a bus and we drove to dc from chicago and my history teacher he was like a hip hop nerd he we were talking about like top five artists of like all time and we were talking about people like Nas, Biggie Sure the, Al- the, the, the Andre, great. yeah and He was like, he threw something on the table He was look at this And he put his phone out And it was MF Doom mm-hmm. And from that day on I started rapping over special Herb's tapes And that kind of led me into rapping Took a break Went to Pitchfork in 2012 And just was very inspired by the people I saw Went back home Started rapping to one of my friends We formed a group Named Children of Ilio. She produced for me and one of my friends, and we ended up getting a lot of attention in the city during the time, getting featured on places like Elevator and things sure. like that. And things kinda took off from there. And it began from there.
0: See, and I love I love these stories, I always starting with like the beginning of it because I love when you hear those things of like, Yeah, I had this instructor who showed me MF Doom. Right. Or like, you know, somebody being like, Well, my dad owned a nightclub and he brought and mm-hmm. like I always love hearing those like that aha moment. Because right. so many artists really remember vividly, like, hey, this was the thing that flipped the script for me. Right.
1: And also just being able to to see it happen. I remember my my pops playing a lot of soul records when I was mm-hmm. younger, like Minnie Ripperton and like stuff like that. And then taking that and putting it into hip-hop and flipping the samples and just, like, oh my God, like, he can relate to it in a certain way. And just seeing mm-hmm. the people around me relate to it and taking it to a different level was another awesome thing that I experienced.
0: So so you're inspired by all this happening around you. You're starting to find out about really great artists and, and kind of seeing that in your life. Like, When did that start to really become something where like maybe i could actually do this maybe i could like put this together for myself
1: i started to realize that i used to come downtown when i was younger and i seen people like saba chance mm-hmm. saint millie and i seen alex doing what he was doing with closed sessions sure and seeing that was very inspiring the renaissance of chicago was something crazy i was around like high school when it happened and i just remember going to places like juggernaut and leaders and just seeing things just coming to fruition for a lot of people And during that time, it just inspired me to do it myself. And I knew from the you could do grassroots here in Chicago, and you can work on things yourself, and then you can have the support system that you would need. And that's one thing that's the beauty of Chicago. And just being able to work with Alex and seeing him saying that he likes my music. I remember looking at Ruby Horn in high school like a fake short drive and seeing Mm -hmm. certain things and be like, oh, I, I know this person. I know Saba. And that influenced me to really want to do it myself also.
0: Well, and everything you just mentioned, everything you saw about Fake Shore, Close, you know, all that, like, mm-hmm. you're seeing this kind of, like, obviously everyone talks about the, the Renaissance and et cetera. We don't have to be like, this is what it is. Everyone knows. But right. it's really interesting to really hear these firsthand accounts of, like, this sort of almost, like, post-chance wave where right. artists are seeing Chance already coming up, mm-hmm. and they've been like, oh, my gosh, that could be me, too. Right. Because I, th- I think that that, you know, seeing someone like a Saba or a Chance or anybody, like, to me... And tell me if I'm wrong, does that really, like, drive home the point, like, oh, my gosh, you actually can do this here?
1: Yeah, it's pretty crazy. I, I'm from the west side of Chicago, Austin. I also grew up in Woodside, also, mm-hmm. too. So my little brother, he goes to St. Joe's. Saba went to St. Joe's.
0: Well, and Saba's from Austin. You right, know? In Austin. Right, exactly. he's from that so west side. A lot of things, you
1: see people right there, and you see them. When you see them doing it, you make sure that you can see the idea of yourself doing it, too.
0: Right. Yeah, and I think that makes a difference versus just seeing somebody who, like lives in Beverly Hills and has all mm-hmm. this money and all these resources right. and connections mm-hmm. and seeing them make it, it's like, well, the odds are pretty in their favor. But when you see someone from Chicago actually doing it right. from a neighborhood that you recognize or something, right. I think that does drive home like, oh my gosh, this this could be me. Mm-hmm, for
1: sure. And I think that's the great thing about Chicago too because of the, the, the diversity within the city. You have the west side and north side, uptown, you know, out south, over east. It's so many different right, avenues just in mm-hmm. general. Yeah. So I think that's a great thing about this city. And I go to, being here and then exploring other cities, like, you can tell how different Chicago is, is being here and, like, the unity within the city and just the growth within the city within the past couple years and just the support that the city has. And it's, it's really beautiful to see.
0: Now, how did you start connecting to some of that support as you're an early artist first starting out? Like, when did you start to get the sense of, like, oh, my gosh, people are actually hearing what I'm doing?
1: The... I, I began my solo career Last year mm-hmm. And my first project Another Dose Premiered on these days So shout out to everybody At These D- sure. Days News They're yeah. another outlet That's really Brand. supporting Yeah And It's two songs on that project And both of them Are really close to 100k And it came out last year So Just seeing Just that organically happening and people paying attention to getting a lot of blog exposure, doing a lot of shows. I performed at the Chicago Next Series at Soho House last year. Yeah. Um, shout out to Kevin Cobalt, you know. Mm-hmm. Shout out to everybody at YCA, too. Um, it was just a great experience. Seeing things like that and seeing people actually notice you and seeing you put the work in is something that I, I cherish and I value greatly. I would definitely say during that time, that's when I really knew and then I, I took... I took the whole summer to write and make sure I was staying on top of my work and working on different projects. And then a couple weeks ago, I was featuring on Ruby Hornet and Alex hits me on Twitter like, oh, I've been following your music. I'm like, this is dope. So it's just, it's pretty crazy right now.
0: Now, Alex reaching out to you via Ruby Hornet and, and featuring you there, is that what opened the door to you connecting with the AMP Hip Hop class? Which we're going to talk about what AMP Hip Hop is in just a second, but was that the kind of thread there? Um, I actually got
1: reached out by a person named Alexi for Ruby Hornet and it was like an interview type thing but before that I've been following Amp ironically Amp was the first person the first like thing to ever reach out to me for music I was like 15 years old and I sent the music a part of a group and they was like oh we like this it was a kid named Justin Mackey and he was interning the closed sessions at the time too and they reached out was like we like what you guys are doing we want to get you on a playlist maybe but I was, like, around 16 or 17 at that time. So I followed them, and I kept on following within the scene. And then this semester, I ended up, they ended up getting a hold of my music. I ended up sending them music, and they ended up liking it. We met, and it's perfect. fit And I, I, love, I love what's going on right now. It's a great feeling. Great support system from each department, too. And just, you know, the team that I have around me is just great to see what's going on and what's happening at the time.
0: And it, it is really cool. And, and for anybody who doesn't know, Amp Hip Hop, AMP is a um, kind of curriculum, it's a course, it's it's a couple courses at Columbia College where you're a student, Correct. and I'm an instructor, um, it's like the making of a great sitcom, <laughs> and uh, and Columbia College has this program called AMP, and it stands for Arts, Entertainment, Music Management, something. <laughs> um, I don't know what the P is, but I should, mm. don't fire me, Columbia, but... Uh, but they have an amp rock class, and they have an amp right. hip-hop class. And the amp hip-hop class, especially I've seen, is very active. And they, like, sign artists, and they bring in an artist where, like, that's their, for lack of a better word, their project for a semester. Right. And it seems like you are kind of the artist that they're really working on this semester. Right. Um, so what... What goes along with that? Like, what's what's entailed in being, you know, an AMP artist at Columbia College? And as a student, like, how does that work?
1: Well, I'm a music business student at Columbia, first and foremost. Um, being a, a music business student at Columbia and tying it into this curriculum is definitely something that's easy to do. Um, coming into talking to the team at AMP and my peers, having budgets ready and having things like that ready, what we want to have... A, have an idea of in terms of like press releases and things like that shows we want to do and like events we want to do is definitely something we talk about the music i think that's something that we we love going over like going over and discussing and actually putting it into fruition so it's a it's a great and intense course and it's a lot of work to be done still as of now and i'm glad to be a part of it but i know once i got into it i wanted to keep on progressing as the semester goes, and there's a lot more work to be done with it, too.
0: Now, you know, being a student and being involved both as a student and, like, as kind of, like, a featured artist, how much of an education is this on the artist side? Like, how much are you learning about in all these things, about how this whole process works, and and how much do you feel like, oh my gosh, even a year ago, I had no idea about this, this, and this?
1: I definitely learned a lot in just the business of music at Columbia. In terms of, like, times changing, and, things, especially in the internet age, a lot of things change. Very quickly. Very quickly, rapidly. So, just being able to see people first ha- who have first-hand experience and taking that information and be like, okay, this is what's happening now. And this is how you can utilize the tools and resources that you have. Taking that into music is like, okay, people are doing EPs, people are doing projects, what should I do? How much music should I release? Should it be licensed? And things like that is definitely something I pay attention to. Um,
0: You've got it. Like, it's right. so important to have that actual information because mm-hmm. A lot of artists, they're like, "Oh, I'll figure out the licensing and the trademark and, right. and this and that later." Right. But it's like the more—I mean, it's, it sounds very cliche to be like the, the more you know, like the better equipped you are. Right. Yeah. And being at Columbia,
1: like, I love the resources here. And I remember before I came to Columbia, I, I definitely was—it was definitely a spot that I was—I want to go here, and it was for sure. It was the school that I saw. I, I live in Chicago, and I grew up here, and I knew I wanted to stay within the city. And I saw Columbia and just saw the great things that it that it has and it has done and continues to do. And I'm, I'm really appreciative of the, the opportunities that I have received at Columbia and just the many more that, that are to come.
0: So Columbia's been awesome, AMP's been awesome. On your end, kind of bring us into your process of recording and releasing music over the last, let's say, two years that you've really been, like, on that, on that model.
1: The freshman year, which is um, 2015, in the springtime, I released a three song EP with this group called Children Ilios, which I was in. It premiered via um, Elevator Magazine. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was named Beta Genesis EP. After that, I ended up doing solo stuff. So I ended up releasing a single called Now a Gang, And then I released in the summer another dose. And after that, I just released like a slew of singles. And I've been working on new things since that. And videos also. So, in terms of my process, like, I love um, setting. Themes to projects. I grew up listening to projects and taking concepts and really trying to build an idea around that. And mm-hmm. MF Doom is like the perfect example of that. So I'm working on like a big project called Where the Sun Ever Rises and a lot of other things will tie into that. And I really singles from that also and just, you know, just being able to, to realize what you want to do and what direction you want to go in and forming an idea from it. And basically, I took The Sun as a concept and what The Sun Ever Rises means is basically Chicago. And I feel like Chicago is also like often clouded in negativity or, like, a viewpoint that is,
0: isn't always positive. Well, and the way that people talk about it outside of Chicago, the way that it's brought up politically right, right. now is this kind of, like, excuse where people are like, oh, well, if, if so-and-so cared about gun control, they would talk about Chicago. And it's, right. it's really disgusting whether way that it just gets tossed mm-hmm. out there, like it's not a real place with real people. Right. Yeah.
1: Exactly. And with the sun that is saying that the sun, to other people, it may seem like it's always cloudy here. It's nothing. The right light isn't always shown within the city or on the city. So I wanted to take that in, in my own way and, and have it come from somebody who's actually from the city, have an account from their mouth, and like an account from lyricism and what they see in the city that they walk in and what it means to them.
0: Yeah, and have that firsthand account. Right. Exactly. Yeah, and so you've been releasing, like you said, steady singles and and smaller form projects in service of kind of this larger. Right. Have you seen a good response from like just putting out short form work that people can easily digest? Yeah,
1: for sure. Um. In terms of strategy, I think it is definitely easier to digest, especially now, just shorter projects, but you can still be conceptual within that. I'm also down for bigger projects, too. I love listening to it, because a lot of people are good at different things, and I feel like I'm I'm, I'm building the, the credibility and the, the ability to, to become great at both. And with writing, I love creating short projects, but I still like to have a big overall theme with the projects that I'm making and an overall idea to tie it all together.
0: And the new song you just released, I think, like Four or five days ago, right? Like play for keeps? Correct. I love that. I don't have Thank a question. You. I just wanted to say that I love Thank that. Thank
1: you so much. I really I appreciate think it's, it.
0: It's a jam and it's so easy to vibe to. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, and you you have a new EP uh, set for release on what, like November 1st? Is that the case?
1: We're looking to release it sometimes early next month or the end of uh, this month. And yes, releasing the EP, the first single was Play for Keeps. Mm-hmm. It uh, premiered via Fake Show Drive too. And that's huge. Yeah, it really is. It's it's a dream, to be honest with you, like, these last two weeks. Fake short at Ruby Hornet and, and just being able to work with Amp is, just, is very crazy right now.
0: Well, we were just talking. We had a um, motherfucking Mellow on the podcast mm-hmm. last week. Mm-hmm. And, again, I, my favorite name. Mm-hmm. And we were talking, and he was saying that, like, you know, when when Pivot had, like, their premiere on... um, What's up? <laughs> PJ's here? Uh, when... <laughs> When Pivot had their premiere right. on Fake Shore, they said that was, like, one of these, like, milestone right. moments. And it's, <laughs> like, in my mind, I think getting a post on Fake Shore, playing someplace like the Metro or, like, a right. Shoe Buzz or, you know, getting a uh, feature on These Days or, like, all these kind of things, like, they're meaningful markers, right. you know. For sure. So so the new project is coming out November 1st, and that's going to be an EP? Correct. Yeah. Um, you also did a So Far Sounds show? Recent, when was that?
1: That was September 27th. It was in Wicker Park. It was a rooftop show. And it went from, like, really warm to really cold. So Yeah, <laughs> but Chicago. It was, yeah. <laughs> but it was really fun. It was really fun.
0: What was that process like? Like, did they reach out to you? Did you reach out to them? Or
1: I've actually done a lot of so-fars. But recently, about maybe last year around April, I started doing so-far sounds. And I've done at least three or four since then. And I enjoy them. And I shout to Matt Brooks for, you know, mm-hmm. having me and just being a, a huge supporter of my music.
0: And it's a great way to connect with people. Right to connect with an audience? Have you found that to be, like, a really meaningful tool for, like, building up the the kind of, you know, the amount of people who are aware of what you're doing? And Yes.
1: It's definitely um, a different way to connect with audiences. It's also a different way to perform. And it, it gives me insight on what things I want to do. If I'm doing certain things, maybe I want to perform with a band. Maybe I want to perform with a DJ. It's always different things that you can do. Back you can and experiment it. Right, exactly. And with that, it just it gives me ideas because... It also gives me ideas about new music that I want to test out or new music that I can try that might correlate to a different audience. So.
0: And so, you know, you said that this really was something that you kind of became, it sounds like, especially active with within the last like two years or so. Right. Mm-hmm. How much do you feel like where you are now versus two years ago? Like, what's the difference in that? And like, do you look back at two years ago and be like, I can't believe how much more I know now?
1: Yeah, every year I feel like I, I definitely grow in terms of knowledge and hunger. Like, I feel yeah. like I was, I was hungry since like 15, but each and every year I make sure I'm like writing every day. I, I, I tweeted the other day, writing is like exercise. I do it every day. I make sure, like, I take time aside every day. That's to write the something. only
0: way to get better at anything. Right. You got to do it every single day. Right. And especially the days where you don't feel like it, especially <laughs> the days where you're like, I'll do it tomorrow. And it's like those are the days you really have to like, right. actually put something out there.
1: And the thing about the new music, I really forced myself to get outside of my comfort zone. And during this time, I tried to make sure that I was doing something that I love doing. So I try, I feel like whenever you're trying to be the greatest of something, you have to be a student of it. You have right. to study. And I just study who I, who, who I think is dope or who I think is the best at, what, at rapping. That's probably a lot of MF Doom. MF Doom, yeah. Sean P, like uh, Big L, Big Pun,
0: Biggie. Common Yeah you know like the legends Yeah Is yeah, that exactly. Common Common doesn't get brought up enough But right. he mm-hmm. Yeah His work is significant Yeah
1: significant And I've been listening to him a lot As of late But just seeing different things And taking it from different regions too And you know Not being narrow minded And being open minded About certain things And trying to step outside Of your comfort zone In order to create something great is Something I really try to focus on Because It makes it more fun too When you have to like Really Really try to take an idea And form it to something else That you really That you won't be used to at the end of the result, so
0: yeah, absolutely. So you've got the EP that's dropping early November. You've got a larger right. project in the works. What else can you tell us about like what's ahead of you? As cause we're kind of almost winding down the year,
1: right? Um, a lot of a sh- lot of shows. I love performance, so we have a lot of shows. We have a show October twenty seventh in Pilsen at the Olin Studio. Where so, the Olin Studio is on West twenty third.
0: Oh, I haven't even heard of that. Right? Pilsen is that neighborhood. Where you'd be like, oh man, and there's so many little like, like you know, newer or smaller venues that it's <laughs> like, yeah, you could totally not know about all right. of them
1: so that would be the first one you can also catch me um on saturday i'll be doing a haven conference with Ad Two. he's also a big supporter of me so shout out Ad to adam defsy you know what i'm saying everybody mm-hmm. up there um yeah just a lot of shows coming up especially within the next like couple weeks so i'm looking forward to that i'm looking forward to releasing music visuals and everything getting back into the studio
0: and just getting the concept of just being out here and just working really hard And staying busy. Right, yeah. Yeah, man. Well, I think you've accomplished a lot in in a very short amount of time. Mm -hmm. Like, to hear everything you're doing, whether it's, like, being involved with Amp, doing So Far shows, being featured on, like, Fake Shore and Ruby Hornet and and all these things, and you hear that there's been, like, over a two-year trajectory. That's impressive.
1: Thank you. I appreciate it.
0: That's a lot in a a short space. Thank you. Um, You know, I always say a couple things at the end. I always mean it. Like, A, I want to keep the conversation going, so if you have new things happening come back on the podcast. like for sure. We for can sure. reconnect next year and mm-hmm. be like, hey, since the last time I talked, I've got this, this, and this. Right. And also, like, you know, I always kind of like asking, especially younger artists like who are starting, or, you know, in the kind of earlier stage of their career, like, what advice would you give for anybody else who is also seeing a lot of these artists come up the way that you saw Chance and Saba and they're maybe thinking like, oh man, I'd like to do that, but I don't know how to, like, make that first step.
1: Well, the first step is making the first step, I would definitely say. You, you can't be afraid to to make mistakes Or to fail And with that being said I would say that Not being afraid to fail Is your, your biggest strength And being hungry And just trying to be Trying to work As much as possible And realizing your vision Is your vision And that If you have confidence in it Then it can be manifested Yeah And that's one thing That I said. Like a lot of times Like things will It's ups and downs to everything It's pros and cons to everything But if you still realize What the, the goal is And you stay persistent You can do whatever you want to
0: yeah, and you can just put the work out there because, right. like you said earlier on, like, the resources are here in Chicago now. Right. That wasn't always the case. A lot of times for artists up until a certain point, mm-hmm. you had to leave Chicago to really, like, mm-hmm. make something happen. And now, yeah, there's so much – we're certainly not at the, like, capacity for it, but there's a lot more infrastructure and a lot more, you know, uh, collaborators and, and mediums and things like that in Chicago now right. for artists to start out with. So that's, I think, positive. Right. Yeah,
1: and it's really cool to see just the love spread out through, throughout the city. Like, also with just Film Dot just getting signed. And ironic thing, I seen him in the in the studio the other day, and we never met each other. So it was like a couple, maybe a couple weeks ago, and he's like, "What's your name?" I'm like, "Musa," and now like together in one week is is crazy. So and and shout out to another
0: artist, man, who's just killing it. Yeah, shout out and to him for real. He just signed two closed Sessions, right. which again goes back to Alex Fructor and right. and that whole thing. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's a small city and it all connects. Right, exactly. Uh, Musa Reams, uh, where can people find your music online? What's the best platform for them to do that?
1: You can find me on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash Musa Reams, M-U-S-A-R-E-E-M-S. And I, all social media is on M-U-S-A-R-E-E-M-S, Musa Reams.
0: You got that branding. <laughs> That's <laughs> smart. You. It's always great when you can get every platform to be the same <laughs> spelling. Right. That's ideal. Um, dude, this is killer. I love the music. I'm glad we got to start the conversation. Let's keep this going next year as you have new things happening and keep up the grind. It's really impressive, man. I
1: really appreciate it. I'm thankful to be on the podcast too. Thank you for having me out here tonight.
0: Oh, absolutely, man. Yeah, Musa Reims doing big things, man. Thanks. Thank you. You've been listening to a production of Dynasty Podcast. Find more Dynasty Podcasts at dynastypodcast.com. For the Dynamic Dynasty, Dynasty Descend.